On this week's episode of the Players Experience Podcast, we chat with WNBA basketball player Kayla Alexander. We chat with Kayla about her experiences in women's sport, in women's basketball, how she got into basketball, what it's been like to play in the WNBA out overseas in Belgium and France, um, what it was like during the WNBA bubble as of recently with Black Lives Matter and bringing that movement to its core focus that it is today, and so much more. Before we bring Kayla on, we would just like to give a couple shout-outs. First off, to our production team, Jay Salty Photography and Vicmar Productions for their work on the intros and the videos that you see each and every week, as well as the graphics. Also, guys, remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already so the uh, so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. As we approach episode 50 next week, we're really excited for that. And we will have some uh, exciting announcements closer to uh, the, that episode as well. Um, and also, too, guys, make sure to hit up the uh, Jaywalk, the Great North Apparel as well, for some coupon codes um, and get some products with them, as well as Hush Blankets. Make sure you use the Players Experience uh, code in the discount when you're checking out to get your discounts on those products. Without further ado, guys, let's bring Kayla onto the show and start talking about her experiences. The Players Experience Podcast is coming up next. All right, Kayla, how's it going? I'm doing pretty well. Staying, I guess, much warmer compared to my friends and family back home in Canada or Toronto. Yeah, um, where are you right now? Pardon? Where are you right now? I'm in Belgium. Right oh, now. I'm staying for a team here. So I'll be here for another two or so months before I head back home. That's awesome. How uh, How is it like out in Belgium with like COVID and everything right now? Um, so it's not bad. This is my first time actually staying and living here, but my third time um, in Belgium. Uh, so where I'm living, it depends on like the region that you're in, but where the region I'm living in, we have a 10 p.m. curfew. So you have to be in the house by 10. Um, restaurants are still closed for dining, but you can take out. Everybody wears a mask. Um, all the essential services are open. Um, it seems like people are abiding by the rules, being home by, by 10, wearing their mask. Um, and then also for our team, they have us test every uh, twice a week, um, especially before games, just to make sure everybody's healthy on both teams so that we're not um, catching or spreading anything. So um, with everything in, in place, I feel pretty safe. That's good. That's really good to hear. Um, I know you're in, in Toronto. Uh, it's been a bit of a wild show. Um, and we've been in stay-at-home orders. We've been out of them. We've been... Just seen so much uh, hecticness, if you will, over the last uh, few months, few weeks, etc. So, um, hopefully, by the end of 2021, we'll see more vaccines come out and be able to kind of get COVID behind us uh, sooner rather than later. Yes, I will admit I am a homebody, but I actually do miss interacting with people. <laughs> yeah. I'm like regular, go out into the world. Let's go to a concert or hang out at the park or something. So. I do miss that, miss that aspect. So I'm looking forward to us being able to get back to that in a safe environment. I know. I'm the exact opposite. I went from playing like 80 games of softball in 2019 to nothing last year. And I was like, man, what am I going to do with myself? 
hence the podcast got created. So, <laughs> um, so I like to start off every episode with a section or a segment called rapid fire. So I'm just going to ask you four rapid fire questions and I just want you to uh, say what the first thing that comes to mind is. Okay. Right? So <laughs> favorite facts are weird. What's that? Will I get to explain if I have rude answers after the fact? Uh, if you want, if you want, sure, why not? Uh, so favorite time of day? Morning. Strangest thing in your fridge? Rotting bananas. Okay, okay. TV show you're currently watching? Not watching a TV show. I'm on YouTube. I'm listening to a podcast called um, I Am Athlete that someone just put me on because I'm really enjoying right now. That's cool. Cool. And what other sport would you want to compete in outside basketball? Volleyball. Nice. Nice. All right. So with that, that transitions into my first question, talking about volleyball, how did you know you wanted to get into basketball uh, and wanted to pursue that as a career? Okay. So I always share the story of how I got into basketball. Um, My friend, Nicole Murphy. Hey girl. Um, She's the one in grade seven. Um, I was tall for my age and so was she. I was 5'8". And she was like, Kayla, come to a basketball chat with me. So I went with her and I was terrible. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, She loves to tell the story of how I went to do a layup. I bricked the ball so hard off the backboard. I went flying in the other direction. Um, Long story short, the coaches select me and I make the team. And my mom was in shock and she's like, why why did Kayla make the team? And the coaches were like, we can't teach height, but we can teach Kayla how to play basketball. So they gave me a chance, and then from there I worked in the sport. Realized that I was actually half decent at it once I like learned the skills, and I had a true passion for it, which has grown into a love for the sport. Um, but honestly, I didn't know I wanted to play professional until the summer going into my senior year of college. If I'm being completely honest. Um, so in they have it for the WNBA, they have like these mock drafts where they do like a mock draft of like different players, and there's like 36 spots. And my dad called me one day during the summer, all excited. And I was like, what's up? And he's like, you're on the mock draft. You're the last name. So I pull it up and lo and behold, last name on the mock draft. And then I think that was kind of where it hit me where it's like, Kayla, like you can continue playing the sport and play pro if you want to. Um, so that was a little bit of motivation. And then just to see my name like slowly move up the mock draft throughout the, my senior season, because I was playing pretty well. Um, that was when I decided like, okay, I'll play pro basketball, and I've been playing for the past eight years now. Jeez, well, it definitely has worked out. I do want to talk about how it felt uh, when you got drafted, but we'll get there in a second. First question I had for you, talking about your uh, college and university career playing with Syracuse. When you were playing basketball there, when you left, you had made so many different records, and you kind of left your mark at Syracuse. You were the, all-time, the team's all-time leader in points blocks, field goals, free throws made, and free throw attempts, as well as games played. How did it feel for you to leave the Orange with your name on top of all of those records? Um, Pretty surreal. Even now when I hear it back, it's still, to me, surreal um, just to know what I was able to accomplish. But honestly, that doesn't get accomplished without my teammates. I had incredible teammates who trusted in me with passing the ball inside. I'm a post player, so unless I'm getting an offensive rebound or running the floor for a fast break, like I depend on my teammates to pass the ball. So wouldn't have accomplished that without them. And then having coaches who believed in me and then just a great support system back home with my parents, my siblings. So, um, However, there's a young girl, there's a couple of young girls, talented young girls now at Syracuse. So I have a feeling some of these records are gonna be broken pretty soon. Hey, that just means that the talent for women's basketball is just growing and developing to what it should be. Um, and you're just kind of like that legacy marker you set there and then now 
girls have that uh, passion to kind of beat your name out for that top spot, right? So that's an honor in itself, let alone. Now, talking about family, your brother plays uh, basketball, pro basketball. He played for the Miami Heat last year as well. What was it like to grow up in a basketball family for you? Um, I, growing up in a family, okay, so I didn't start playing until I was 12. My, my dad, he was the one who like played ball first. He went to Niagara University on scholarship. So we always knew that he was a good ball player, but he never forced us into basketball, which I love because it allowed us to develop our own passion for the sport. Um, so when I started playing, my sister played with me as well. And then we tried to get my brother into it, but he's five years younger. And at the time, he was not having it. So I think we put him in for a year, and then they were like, okay, let's, let's not bother. He's not feeling this at all. Kyle was into his video games, soccer, and skateboarding. And then it wasn't until I think he was 16 years old, and like he came down one summer, and my parents were looking up at him, and my dad was like, okay, you're playing ball now. And then Kyle found the love for it eventually, because kind of forced into it, but now he enjoys it. Um, so I don't know if I'd say grew, grew up in a basketball allowed us to find that joy for ourselves and that they always encouraged us in everything that we did. Um, we had some fun times though, definitely playing together with um, competing with my dad, like some great moments where it beat me and him in the driveway working on just like English and like on my hook shot, which is now like my go-to move. Like he helped me develop that. Um, those moments where you finally beat him at a game of 21 free throws and like you like live for those moments because like you can never beat pops and then you finally beat him yeah um and then playing kyle one-on-one especially when we were younger like i would always win and then seeing the tables flip or turn when he's like blocking all my shots now i can't seem to get a shot up off of him so um, um it was fun fun experience uh humbling too but it was it's, it, it was a fun experience i'd say but i don't know if we grew up in a basketball household because we, we kind of came to it later compared to other kids I'd say. That's good and I have to say I've been known to be a pretty good baller at 21 so like when COVID's done and when you're back in Canada like let's meet up and uh, play a couple rounds 21 because uh, <laughs> that'd be fun. Now you became the second player from Syracuse to be drafted to the WNBA which happened in 2013 where you were selected eighth overall by the San Antonio Stars Talking about what you were just talking about a short bit ago about seeing your name continuously grow and grow and, and move up on the mock draft, what was it feeling like for you when your name got called eighth overall uh, by San Antonio? So I wasn't invited to the draft, so I didn't, I didn't uh, watch it or I wasn't there. Um, during that day of the draft, I had classes, which was fine because that's very like student first, athlete second, my mom like engraved that in me. So I was going to all my classes and then I believe it was a Monday. Um, that day or that evening was a uh, women's Bible study. And I always go to that on Mondays. Um, so I was there. And then the second we ended in prayer, um, my phone blew up. And the first person that got through to me was my teammate and my good friend to this day, uh, Felicia. She's like, Kayla, you got drafted. You, you went number eight. And then my parents called and they um, told me that they couldn't watch it back from in Canada. But one of my assistant coaches at the time, um, KB, he had it up on his TV in the States. So he just put the he put my parents on speakerphone so that they could hear and listen to the draft. And then when they heard my name get called, they were all excited and celebrating. Um, so I wouldn't change my experience because I was informed and surrounded by people who cared about me. Um, and yeah, it was a really surreal experience. But I'm also very thankful because I know like that's a dream for many people. So I'm thankful that my name was called and that it's led to led me to where I am today. That's incredible. Well, yeah, congrats again because like. 
it, you, as the saying goes, you only get drafted once. So you always want to make sure that your moment or your, your experience during that draft is going to be something that's uh, kind of like sets a presence for you uh, or sets like kind of like that, um, like price, priceless memory. That's what I'm going with uh, for it. So that's huge. All right. So over the last eight years, you've played overseas in France and Russia. What's been that experience like to go from like being born in Canada, playing in North America and then going overseas? Um, I love it. Um, one of the things that I love about basketball is that it's allowed me to see and travel the world. I've get, gone to have new experiences, different cultures, foods, people. Um, yeah, I love it. And also too, I think it just gives you more of an appreciation for like what you have back home. Um, it also makes you appreciate or like, um, yeah, it makes you more appreciative and more tolerant towards other people as well when you see like different ways of living. Um, so I love it. Um, I think it just allows you for, to have like a, more of an open mind. Uh, with respect to life and it's how you um, interact with people. Uh, it's a grind though. There's not really an off season and that definitely affected me. So um, for, I think it was the first four years I was good. I kept going back and forth. I did Russia for three years, went back to the W, did France, which was a really long season, went back to the W and then I tried to go to South Korea and my body just, I was burnt out mentally, physically, emotionally and I couldn't finish so I actually asked to leave and the team was gracious, gracious with me. Um, I did a half season and then I went back home. Um, and I learned, because after France, to be honest, I was tired and I was like, I'm gonna need a little break. Um, but I got a little, um, if I'm being honest, um, I guess I got a little greedy. I was like, hey, let's just grind it out. Good paycheck and then you can rest after. Um, so that was a very important lesson that I learned in listening to my body um, because it was not a good situation for me. Um, so yeah, but besides that, besides there like not really being in like an off season, it was a valuable lesson and I still enjoy it. And I'm still um, able to play overseas now, thankfully. I just am more wise about it, like when I go over, how long I'm playing and so forth. That's good. And it also gives you, yeah, that, that experience of learning like how much your body can take mm -hmm. and, and how much, yeah, like mental exhaustion there is when when traveling when competing and everything as well right so it, it was kind of like that test pilot for you to kind of better yourself like you said now oh yeah so you gotta yeah. Look your body your body knows when something's up like you gotta take note and be like okay maybe i need to rest or maybe i need to take a step back so Oh, I know my uh, couple of my bosses at work keep like I constantly travel for work and when they're like how are you doing like so much traveling I'm like I just enjoy it like I haven't ever reached that peak where I'm like oh my god why am I doing this luckily yet um but uh yeah they're always like I don't know how you keep like going so it's uh yeah there, there have been a couple days where I think like I had to fly from uh, like Moncton to Ottawa to Toronto and then drive up to Peterborough all within a day. And like, that was like one of those moments where I got to the hotel and I just crashed because I was so tired. But then I knew like, okay, cool. Like that's kind of like the limit, but I was still, it was like low key because I was just traveling. Right. It's interesting though, because like the love for the game was still there. It was just, I was just burnt out. And because of that, I think it was taken away like the joy that I was having. Um, and it was like mentally too, I just wasn't performing well. It was, it was a lot. So it was a very valuable lesson that I learned early on. Now in 2018, uh, you were traded by the Las Vegas Aces to the Indiana Fever. How was it for you to transition, like go back into the WNBA after playing overseas and then be traded between those teams? Okay, so my first five years I spent in San Antonio, like that will forever be like my second home. 
And then San Antonio was sold to the Las Vegas Aces. And then from there, I got traded to Indy. Um, that happened during, I believe that happened during the off season as well. So um, it's part, what I've come to learn is that it's basketball. It is at the end of the day a business. And sometimes you get traded, you get waived, you'll get picked up. So um, to me, I was just thankful and fortunate for the opportunity that I was still able to play um, at a high level and to be able I had the opportunity to play in Indiana with a fellow Canadian, uh, Natalie Chano, which was awesome. I got to learn again from some greats like Tamika Catchings. Um, so it was still a great experience that I learned from. That's great. And now talking about those experiences that you've been able to learn from and, and kind of like your favorite moments, throughout your career, you've, been, you've experienced so many of them. Has there been a game or a tournament that stuck out in your mind as your most favorite based off that experience? There is hard ask to you, but okay. There's a few that come to mind. The first one was in Australia. Um, I was playing for the Adelaide uh, Lightning, and we made it to the grand finals or the championships, what they call grand finals over there. And it was a best of three series, and we yeah we were playing at home, uh, and the crowd. I will never forget how deafening. It was like the sec every time we scored, I felt like my ears were ringing. Like I couldn't hear. It, it was a surreal experience. It was so much fun. Uh, we we won that game to tie it up, and then unfortunately we ended up losing. We went back to um, our opponent's uh, uh, gymnasium. But that was just a surreal experience that I don't remember the last time I experienced something of that magnitude. Being it, with the arena so packed and just so loud and high energy. Um, it was fun to play in it. It was like an intense game too. It literally went down to the wire. So like you live for those experiences. So that was one that will always stick out in my mind. Um, the other team that we lost to was Kia Nurse's team, fellow Canadian again. Um, another moment that I'll always remember is playing in France with uh, Tango Bourges and we won the French Cup. That was a really fun ex experience as well too because we were in Paris, one of my favorite cities overseas. Um, so being able to play there, I was reconnected with some long lost cousins of mine that I didn't realize lived in France. So it was great for them to see me play, connect with them after, after the fact and just win with that team. And then the last experience I, that really sticks with me, I wanna say the WNBA bubble or wobble season. Um, just everything that we stood for during the bubble um, from Black Lives Matters, trying to bring awareness to say her name, uh, justice for Breonna Taylor the activism that we had, um, getting people registered to vote on the US. Um, I really feel that um, we did a lot. We were very vocal, tried to be educational. Um, we took a stance on things that we believed in. Not everybody agreed with the stance that we took or the actions that we took, which I understand everybody's different, but I'm proud of the work that we did because I think it, we did have an impact and made a true difference. So those are three experiences that really uh, stick with me. Now, talking about the WNBA bubble and those experience of making, taking a stand and rate, making your voice heard, what was it like for you and your teammates to make sure that you guys made a lasting impact and made sure that, like, Breonna Taylor's name and George Floyd's name meant something and that the um, impact towards Black Lives Matter and that movement um, became what it is right now and became today what it is today? Um, I think you said it. The word was impact. Um, for us... It was just about using the platform that we had. And for the WNBA, it's comprised of majority African-American women, minority women, um, whether it's because of the color of our skin, um, being part of the LGBTQ community. Um, 
just being a woman in general, like there are just so many facets of us that make us quote unquote minorities. So just being able to use the platform that we have using our voices. Um, and there's power in numbers too, I've come to realize. Like when you, when we can get united as one and speak our mind and educate, bring awareness, the impact is incredible. So um, that, I'm very proud and thankful to be part of like the W. Um, the years I've been a part of it because it's comprised of some incredible, talented women, strong women, um, educated women who do care and want to make a lasting, positive impact on the world around us. That's fantastic. Well, you've definitely done uh, your due diligence and you continue to do that uh, day in, day out um, with representing uh, women's basketball and representing Canada in the process as well. So kudos to you for that. Um, now, talking about representing Canada, you mentioned at the start of this, you're currently playing out in Belgium right now. What's it like for you to be able to represent Canada basketball throughout your career and in different countries uh, in the process? Yeah, um, well, I am a proud Canadian. No matter where I go, my passport always reads Canadian, and that's something I'm very proud of. Um, I make sure that when I'm in the airport, they, make, they know I'm Canadian, not American. Um, we had a little funny exchange. I was... With, we were playing in the Euro Cup bubble and we were on our way back. One of my American teammates, she was with me. We were talking and someone overheard us and was like, oh, you, you guys speak English? Like, are you guys American? I was like, nope, I'm Canadian. And then my teammate was like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, no, I'm Canadian. I want to make sure that it's known. Um, but yeah, it's something that I'm proud of and it's a great honor to be able to play on like, the national team as well or to be a part of the national team. So um, just something I'm very thankful for and try to uh, hold with pride everywhere I go. No, that's great. And now, as much as we all want to play our sport and our career for, for life until we're like 70, 80, obviously that can't happen. What's something after your basketball career that you want to do um, with your education and the knowledge that you've learned from basketball um, and bring that off the court? This is a good question. Um, so before basketball ever entered the picture, in the second grade, I had this teacher, Madame Cassette, and I told myself I was going to be just like her. And she's the reason why I went to Syracuse and got my degree in education, because I always wanted to teach. I love working with our youth. I love being able to give back, to teach, to empower. Um, I believe that's just, that's who I am and what I, was, I feel like what I was meant to do on this earth. And I try to do that with the platform that I have through basketball. Um, so when the day comes where I have to put out my shoes, which I'm hoping isn't for a very long time, I'll definitely be doing things with our youth. Um, I had the honor of writing a children's book with my sister, uh, The Magic of Basketball. So we wrote that. I did the illustrations for that. And it was just a way to, for me to share a little bit about my journey with basketball, but also empower young girls and show them the power of sports. Like, yes, basketball and sports in general are great, but it teaches us so many valuable life skills. And I want to encourage more young girls, especially, to get into sports and be active in sports. Um, through the education piece, I mentor through MBYMP, the National Basketball Youth Mentorship Program. I have four mentees between the ages of 10 and 16, and I just love being able to share with them, encourage them, um, give advice, um, whether it's basketball, academics, whatever the case may be. Um, but I just, I know that whatever I do after the fact, it's what I hope to write more children's books and to continue to do more speaking engagements, um, be involved with schools. Um, put on camps, I know that's going to center around our youth because that's that's my passion, giving back to our next generation, empowering them, building them up. No, that's fantastic. And now talking about the magic of basketball in that book, where can people find that book or or how how does one get your, their hands on it? 
So you can get it on my website, which is Kayla Alexander, all one word, um, .net, or it's available on Amazon as well. So either way. Um, also, I also co-wrote another book alongside 10 other incredible Canadian women um, called Woman for the Win. And we all share a, a personal story with regards to our journey in, in, bas or in basketball. Um, mine deals on overcoming um, adversity and persevering, um, but we all share different uh, stories throughout the book, so I'd also encourage that as well. Also available on Amazon. Um, so yeah. You're, one day you're just going to be an author. That's it. You're already an author. I wouldn't be bad at that, but I don't know. I still feel like I'll always be on a court somewhere. I still get that joy whether I'm teaching, it, teaching the game, playing the game, having fun. And I love being able to interact with our youth as well, too. So, so I can just make sure you're on the court, clipboarding one hand with some plays. Your other, like a notepad where if you have any ideas about what you want to put in the book, you're just going to write on that. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah. Who knows? That might be my future. <laughs> now, I like to end off every show with a section segment called Words of Wisdom. So what words of wisdom or advice would you want to give to the next generation of young girls that want to play basketball, make a name for themselves, or just kind of get into sport? Okay. Ooh. Um... I guess the first thing that comes to mind when I hear that question is don't necessarily get into playing a sport to make a name for yourself. Get into it because you love it. Like find that personal joy and passion first in whatever you do. Um, and if you have that, that will guide you and uh, propel you forward because like everybody who plays sports knows like there's certain parts that require discipline. There's gonna be days you're gonna have to do things you don't wanna do. But that love, that initial love that you have for it, that joy that comes from playing will keep you motivated to do the things you don't necessarily always want to do. And that will help, me, help you get to, get to that next level. Um, as far as like words of advice, um, I guess I'd give like three. The first one is um, don't be afraid of failure. Um, I've failed countless times in my life and I'm sure I'll fail more times moving forward, but failure is a great teacher. Um, it gives us the necessary tools that we need, whether it's character building, teaching us how not to do something, a new way to do something, whatever the case may be. So don't be afraid of failure. We all fail, even the greats fail. Um, the second one would be uh, dream big, like dare to dream big and don't be afraid of dreaming big. I think too often as human beings, we put ourselves into like a little box of what we are allowed to do or what we are capable of doing. And I'm like, no, get rid of the box. Um, dream huge dreams that scare you because those are the great dreams and that's where the magic happens when you do things that are that scare you which leads me to my last piece of advice is to go outside your comfort zone everything that you want i've learned this through just living all the things that i've wanted to accomplish in my life have been outside my comfort zone like for instance working with kids speaking engagements i did not like talking to people <laughs> like public speaking that was not my thing and i had to learn to be comfortable doing that and that was way outside my comfort zone but once i pushed past that great things happened. I was able to do way more and have a greater impact, which I'm thankful for. So dream big, um, don't be afraid to fail, and, and uh, go outside your comfort zone. That's, I think that's like the trifecta of everything that you need. Well, Kayla, thank you so much. That's some, some great words of wisdom. And to anyone watching, make sure to check out The Magic of Basketball, and as well as, sorry, remind me what the other book, the Women for the Win. Women for the Win. So make sure to check those two uh, books out on Amazon. And uh, Kayla, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. And best of luck uh, with the rest of your basketball career. Thank you for having me. And also thank you for highlighting just women's sports in general. I think it's awesome.
No problem. Awesome. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. Cause this town ain't fair